Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens got that victory that they needed, making the division and playoff chances ever more likely than before, beating the Steelers in a fashion that was unexpected to say the least. Both starting quarterbacks of the game went down with concussions, so it was the battle of the third backup, Anthony Brown versus Mitch Trubisky. And that was a decent part of the game. We got it. We got what I wanted. We got the Ravens versus Mitch Trubisky. I didn't think we would. <laughs> <laughs> it only took a few plays, too. <laughs> but we did. You know, we had all this talk about uh, this is the first time the Ravens would play Kenny Pickett. How is that going to go? First time the Ravens are facing a high rookie draft pick of the Steelers at the quarterback position since uh, September 2004 when we were starting out seventh grade. And here it is. Yeah, two series. And then, unfortunately for him, he got hurt. And we got to uh, see a pick fest against Trubisky. And uh, tell you what, we'll get into it because there's plenty to talk about. But I, I think my number one takeaway from this game is uh, Marcus Williams is is the the key to this team, and it was excellent to have him him back. And uh, I don't know if this would have been a win if not for him there. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember texting you guys yesterday uh, during the game because I know. Most of you guys were in person. I was just at home kind of recovering from, from my time off. I'm back, by the way. Hello. Hi. Nice to see you all. Um, <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> but I remember texting you guys. I was like, are we in the time machine? Like, what's going on here? Because uh, this game was all about the defense, in my opinion. Uh, solid run game as well. You couple it together. Um, this, <laughs> it's, it's so weird, I guess, in the Lamar era because, you know, on one hand, our offense is kind of predicated a lot on the run game and a little bit on defense. It just hasn't really been the same level as we've seen in years past, but this was truly a throwback game. Um, and yeah, the the turnovers from Mitch were a huge part of that. The defense played absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you, Peter. Marcus Williams getting him back was huge. Um, inside linebacker play also, what happened? Like, this, it looks so good right now. It was just a, a lot... A lot of good things to see on the defense. It, it's so funny because, you know, I, mean, I was a li- maybe like a little worried at the end of the game that the Steelers might be able to pull something out. Mitch didn't seem to have too much trouble throwing the ball. He just made a few mistakes. But that being said, like, it really was one of those throwback games of like, you just, with the way the defense was playing, you could count on them to, to make a stop, and they did. Yeah, the defense and special teams won the game for the Ravens without a doubt. Uh, the game was decided by two points, 16 to 14, and there were four instances that the Steelers were driving. I, I, three of the instances were in field goal range. One of them, uh, they were driving, but then they threw the deep pick to Marcus Williams. But the other two were the inside linebackers. First up, Roquan. He got a pick at the 15-yard line or so, was able to run it back a little bit, stopping a br- very promising drive. And then the next drive, I think it was, but if not, it was only one or two drives later, Queen makes a very acrobatic catch over the middle, which ironically enough, I said right off the... It, my message was got messed up at Discord. My phone was acting weird, but I was like... I, I said, that's a pick, and the ball was like just leaving his hands. <laughs> like we, The camera hadn't even panned yet, and I just, I just had a feeling with the way the coverage dropped back and like where he was throwing the ball, I was like, uh-uh, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> so like sure enough it was a pick and uh yeah it was it was really cool like 
the defense bailing them out in those situations, any one of those if went the other way, at least would have forced the Ravens to consider going forward on fourth down when they were driving or uh, you know just changed the way they approached uh, each drive. Yeah, and turnovers are, are so key. And we've seen in years past when the Ravens' defense hasn't been able to get them, how much harder that can make it for a game uh, for the offense. And when you do get it, how it it really is an extension of the offense uh, in reality, and I it goes without saying again. Um, just props to the Ravens for making this trade. We said when it happened that that Roquan was probably going to be the final missing piece this defense needed to get unlocked, and I, week after week it continues to prove to be that. I, I still think we still need to see him and Queen in tandem against one of the elite pass offenses in the league to really uh, know the full extent to what um, how this move has raised this Ravens defense. But gosh, it is so much fun to watch them, like you guys said. And it's it's added an extra dimension to this defense and has been, been huge and critical given all the, the injuries on offense. Yeah, I think, you know, the other thing we're kind of continuing on the defense too um, – you know, it it is great, I think, to see these guys who, you know, have been playing well, but I think have been a little bit under uh, underappreciated, I think, um, you know, because we've had historically the last couple of years had a, such a good secondary. This is a game I think Marlon Humphrey, you know, didn't play as well as he could have. I think he got beat on a couple deep routes. I think a few of them were just shots that Mitch took. Um, and they were kind of like 50-50 balls. I know Pickens got one or two shots on him. He didn't put them on his butt. Fortunately, you know, we didn't see any like you know, Pickens' uh, beast mode uh, kind of situations going on. But uh, Marlon got beat a couple times. Um, you know, Peters seemed to play somewhat well. I think, he, you know, he had that penalty at the end of the game, which is, you know, continue your drive, and, and that kind of led to a touchdown. But, uh, you know, they were getting picked on a little bit. But, um, yeah, to finally see, you know, these other position groups step up um, was just really, really great. Um, you know, another group that also has been playing pretty well so far, um, I thought continued to play pretty well. Defensive line still continuing to, you know, show dividends. Calais played a pretty good game. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul also had a pretty good game. Bowser uh, got in the mix as well. Uh, Matabuke, even though he had that <sighs> bogus rough in the passer call, man, I thought he had a pretty good game as well. Um, all guys stepping up on the defensive line as well. Yeah, you hate to see when they do that kind of crap. That they need to redefine that rule. Like, if you want to say he tackled him too hard, I'm sorry, I don't think he even did that. Like, I don't think he drived into him. I think he just, I think it was a fair and square sack. And and the way that gets called game to game, extremely inconsistent. And I honestly think any play where the quarterback is pressured is now a potential uh, flag throwing affair. And it just comes down to like judgment on their end, and that and that that seems incorrect to me. Like you're just like not allowed to sack the guy unless you know that the I don't know he's tucking it away. Like it's it just it it's crazy to me. I don't know how you're supposed to get sacks in this league. Well, what's funny about it is is Trubisky got the star treatment. Like that's a call <laughs> you expect Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes to get. Not not Mitch Trubisky <laughs> coming in yeah. an injury relief of a rookie quarterback. You know, um, yeah, I. I can't imagine that the NFL officiating head, if they review when they review that, is going to agree with the call. I'm guessing, you know, just in the moment, maybe something about the downward motion looked like he was putting a little extra in there to the refs. But yeah, on on um, on replay, definitely the the wrong call. But um, 
yeah, it, it's a great game by this defensive lineman, though, like we're saying, and not just in the uh, uh, on the defensive side. I mean, Calais Campbell had an excellent game, and that extended to a game that certainly had an impact on the outcome of this game when he uh, got that that block kick. Incredibly, he's able to pull that off, getting so many snaps, the highest snap uh, person on the defensive line and highest snaps outside of uh, the secondary and inside linebacking group. So it's just like incredible how this guy is producing at such a high level with so many snaps on his plate. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, you, you know, we kind of glossed over it a little bit too, but yeah, Peter, you mentioned that uh, the block field goal. I mean, between that and between um, all the interceptions, honestly, the defense was incredible, had an incredible amount of stops um, while the Steelers were kind of within field goal range to be able to stop at least, you know, I think three of them. Maybe that interception by Marcus Williams, I guess that kind of counts as well. It may have been a little bit longer field goal because I remember that was a deep pass, but at least three drives, uh, the Steelers were within field goal range and the Ravens shut them out. They didn't even get, they got zero points between all of those. I mean, that's incredible. That's not something that we're used to seeing, at least over the last couple of years. But, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a mark of a, a truly uh, great defense that's been playing. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been kind of going toward this, you know, of, of just letting up fewer and fewer points. A couple duds in there, I think, like the, the Jacksonville game, I think, in particular. But um, if you leave that one out, I think the defense is definitely trending in the right direction with all the pieces we've got. Yeah, and I think you can leave that one out because that game, obviously you didn't have Marcus Williams and you didn't have Kyle Hamilton either. And we do know that as good as the, the starting secondary is for this team um, and and the depth is, is pretty good as well at safety, at cornerback we know this team is incredibly thin. Um, and, and even when you look at the starters, Marcus Peters, we've talked about his up and down year, not really quite what we hoped for coming out of it. But if they're able to keep these safeties healthy, like – I, I think that that can be the difference in this team. And I think this is a great transition here because, um, you know, we have so much beat up on the offense. We don't know when, if Lamar Jackson's going to come back. We hope he will. We don't know when he comes back if he's going to be at full strength. This team's best shot at making a deep run in the playoffs and this, you know, challenging for the Super Bowl looks like it might be. Uh, keeping this defense playing at a high level when you play uh, Joe, the Joe Burrows and the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens of the world. Um, but, you know, is is that sustainable? We have that note here in the uh, document, and I think that's a worthy discussion and something that a lot of the Ravens flock is having right now. Yeah, I put that in because what I'm seeing, at least from this Ravens team, is that they doubled down on making this defense exceptional, and they really are playing at that level. They're able to get lots of turnovers. The running defense is suffocating. And really, the delta comes in the pass game. And I don't even think it's because of a lack of talent or bad plays. As much as it is just the way the NFL is structured, the passing game is so heavily incentivized and it's easier in a way to get points. Like, for instance, I put in the notes. I'm going to pick on the wound of Pickens at least one more time. The guy, like... For all the rawness he apparently has, he does some really savvy veteran things. The guy is great at the very uh, smooth push-off. You know, it just looks like his arms are flailing around like normal because he's running. Nah, he's pushing off a little bit. You know, like, that's good. He's able to just, like, 
get the the side. I mean, he dominates the sidelines. He uses his frame and knows how to use it. I mean, he's he's a really good player. And there's plenty of those guy guys in the NFL. And it's really hard to defend them given the rules without getting a flag thrown. And sometimes you get a flag thrown even when you defend them perfectly. <laughs> you know, so it's like I don't know if I, I guess what I'm what I meant when I put this in is that I honestly think if you have an offense that's super consistent in the NFL and high firepower, I think that's more valuable than a high power firepower defense just because of the way it's tilted in the offense's favor. I think it's more consistent. You know, the defense can get caught in a bad place or two and they don't get the high variance turnover plays and suddenly everyone's complaining. Oh, they, they you know, they, they, uh, you know, stumbled under pressure. They, they choked the game away. And no one ever says that about offenses. <laughs> like the high powered offenses, I feel like they don't get the same level of scrutiny. I kind of see what you're saying, but on, like on the other hand, just like I'm thinking, you know, kind of how the, maybe the Ravens front office is kind of thinking, right? I mean, look at the Bills game, the Cincinnati game from earlier this season before we brought in Roquan, right? I mean, we held the Bills to 20, was it 23 points? Um, pretty low for them. Now, I mean, granted, I think they've had a couple of games like that in the second half they've been a little shaky in general but like their offense sometimes hot and cold but I mean that game at least in that part of the season I think was definitely an outlier I mean they were outscoring everybody at that point um you know so the defense I think was worth was worth that I think in in that situation it worked and the Cincinnati game as well like you know Burrow had all the weapons that he needed at that point, and they only scored 17 points. Um, now, granted, you know, they're a team that's also, like, they've been trending up the last couple of weeks so much so that I think people are – it's actually funny. When I was on vacation, I met somebody who was uh, was a Steelers fan from Pittsburgh, and he had mentioned that, like, oh, yeah, Cincinnati's going to run away with the division. And I was like, you know, you know who's still in the first place, right? <laughs> it's, it's, still the, it's still the Ravens. Um, but they are trending up, that being said. But, um, you know, 17 points, again, without Roquan. So, like, you know, you add a piece like that and it continues to get better. And, again, you know, assuming health of the defense and everything, it's not that much of a stretch, I think, to say that, like, okay, you know, we can hold these high-powered teams to a few, uh, you know, a few enough points. And if you couple that with the health on the offense, which I think is that right now is kind of the big key because we're not really seeing the health on the offense. It still has not really all come together. In fact, I think it's been just as shaky, if not worse on the offensive side. But if you did have both sides healthy, I think the formula could work. But I do think, you know, kind of to Peter's point earlier, just the path to the Super Bowl right now really is going to have to lean on this defense hard the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Um, And I am 100% in the camp of, like the Ravens best chance at making the Super Bowl is getting Lamar healthy and getting this offense back to the most potent that we know it can be like what we saw against Miami against New England now of course there's some players there are players in the game that well mainly Rashad Bateman I guess but um yeah that's going to be the Ravens best opportunity to make the Super Bowl of course is have that correct complete team but I just I I personally don't believe that if let's say worst case scenario Lamar doesn't come back that'll be awful Um, but let's say he comes back and the offense still is what it's been the the previous couple weeks before 
Um, he went down just, you know, struggling to score touchdowns, not up on all cylinders that we think it can be at the passing level. Rushing level will probably still be the uh, league above average to best in the league, um, particularly what with if Dobbins continues to stay healthy. But, you know, I, I it's interesting to me in this debate of whether or not teams can win this in today's modern NFL with defense that you know we it it seems that the majority of people with this argument always hone in on the elite offenses that that did it but seem to forget the elite defenses that that did and of course yes you look at it more often than in the past few years it has been the teams with the high-powered offenses doing it but defenses still want it um you know this might be too far away, of course, but we, you know, 2015 isn't that far away still to remember how the Broncos defense completely dominated the play, the playoffs that year and shut down the Carolina Panthers offense, which had been the top offense in the league that year by far. Um, very few people saw that coming in the Super Bowl. Uh, San Francisco in 2019 and 2021, I mean, granted, look, San Francisco shutting down NFC offenses left and right in the playoffs those two years. Um, could have won the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Uh, it was more their their offense and Kyle Shanahan's play calling that messed up that Super Bowl. Of course, yes, th- you know their defense <laughs> uh, could have held on a little bit better too. But you know, a better offense could have helped there. But but New England, you know, New England against New the England Rams, in 2018, right? right? You know, I, I I I do agree that you know. In the NFL, it is skewed to favor the offense, but I don't think that defense being able to carry teams in the postseason is completely dead. It's just something you're going to feel less comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> that's the biggest part, I think, is like you can have the best defense ever and go to Ben's good offense, and you're just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I, it, could, it could go either way. Whereas when you have a really good offense, you're like, well, we're going to outscore them. Right. But that's what we felt going against the Titans in 2019, right? And how did that work out? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. And there's no guarantees. You know, even yeah. if something's more likely yeah. to happen, it's not guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing that was kind of cool about this game, and I don't want to move away to the offense just yet, but I think it's worth saying the devalued positions on both sides of the ball are almost like fully decided off ball slash inside linebacker and our uh, good buddy, the running back on offense. But it turns out when you have really good players at those positions, there's still plenty of ceiling to capture. And that's kind of how I put it. Maybe their floor for those position groups is higher than the other positions groups. And maybe the other position groups are still quote unquote more valuable, but it's undeniable what a good inside linebacker, a good running back does to the cohesiveness and the synergy of their respective units. I think it is undeniable from this game. What we saw is that when the inside linebacking play is that high, the run game, like it can barely get going. You know, if you get, if you're lucky enough to get past our front four and you probably aren't, the second level is not going to let, you know, let you slide and you're only going to get a couple yards. And then furthermore, in the past game, we're just seeing they're playing better. I mean, they're not perfect. I think Roquan is to blame, honestly, for that touchdown to uh, Fryermuth because he was supposed to guard the inside leverage so that Hamilton Hamilton could take the outside leverage. But he bit on the bait underneath the things that we would complain about Queen doing, and then boom, 
<laughs> the throwing lane was yeah. open. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that happens. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, that's, that's literally why the play was designed the way it was. <laughs> you know, the play worked yeah. as intended. It, it was good, <laughs> good play call and good execution by Steelers. You have to give For them sure. credit there. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it's one of the, and that's one of the things, too, man, with defense. It's like, ah, it worked. <laughs> the offensive play worked. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's just, uh, I think, worth pointing out that all still, like, I just think the way that those guys play, particularly the run game, it's just like, forget about it. Don't bother. You might get a couple runs here or there. You might get lucky for a drive, but it is not consistent. No one can run against us. Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris on the day, 12 carries for 33 yards. Um, the team as a whole for the Steelers, 20 carries, 65 yards. Uh, rush defense was dominant. It forced the Steelers to have to pass it probably a lot more than they would have liked to with Trubisky. And yeah, you know... It, and, and to go back to what you're saying about how in some instances in this game, a lot of instances in this game, actually, it was the devalued positions that really start and had an impact. I think something that we forget about in this conversation is that, sure, maybe a position, it's a player playing a position that's devalued, but you know what, what you can never devalue is playmakers. And that's what both Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith are, even if they're playing at a position that you know, is devalued in today's NFL. And we always knew that about Queen. The knock on Queen was never that the guy couldn't make a splash play. The knock was always, you know, like you're saying, you know, some instances where he, he wouldn't read the coverage correctly, would, would bite on and wouldn't have be sure tackling. And we're seeing those things get cleaned up. And, you know, something I thought about uh, today is we, we, we talked a lot about this in 2019 and 2020 when they paired uh, queen with with Josh Bynes or LJ Fort, more so Bynes if I'm remembering correctly. And there was a lot of talk of okay, well now you know Queen is his play is better now because he's out there with the vet and you know he, he's not the mic anymore. But maybe we're ragging you know a little too much on Queen in retrospect on that, and maybe it wasn't as much that okay, so Queen needs that vet out there to help him get into position and to make plays and to make his um and to give him easier assignments you know maybe it's hey wait a second like the the other guy that he was there with you know whether it be Malik Harrison or Christian Welch or whoever like it it was too much for that guy for for Queen at that stage in his career when he's still trying to learn how to play the position at the NFL to compensate that much for you know the inabilities that those guys had the shortcomings that they, they they had you know it's another way to look at it that i don't i don't think um too many of us have have given queen the benefit of the doubt there uh if you look at it and in retrospect uh you're asking a lot of a guy uh to come in and be the guy and then pair him with someone else who's who's floundering even more than he is yeah that's true i mean yeah I you know that's a good point. I, I the other thing I guess I was kind of thinking about as you were talking with it though is um you know it could just be a situation too of like the position group it, maybe it's really just really is that hard to simulate in training camp and that because you know another kind of pattern I think with Queen is that beginning of the seasons always rough. But even sure. you know yeah. even even last year like near the tail in the season we acknowledge that he was playing better, right? Kind of the same formula this year as well. I mean, I think it has started a little bit earlier you know, for whatever factors that is, right? But, you know, think about it. The position that you have to, you know, you have to know how to play the run. You have to know how to play the pass. You have all these different 
um, you know, you know, strategies that you need to be able to take. You need to be able to recognize all that stuff. You know, I, you know, I guess you can, you know, you can definitely, you can view film, right? That is something you can do, but sort of figuring out the tendencies and then figuring out like, okay, what am I actually like going to expect or not? That stuff, it does come with time, right? It, it comes with getting more film on the other teams, knowing what their tendencies are this season and then being able to react to that. So, you know, that could be another thing as well. It's like, you know, it's just the kind of the nature of the position group. And unless you have a guy that's like a generational talent like Ray, where he's just seen so much stuff that he can just recognize it. Um, you know, that's that's really, really hard to replicate. But but yeah, I mean I think the bottom line though is yeah, Queen has been playing at a very, very high level. It's great to see. I mean, this is what we wanted from him all along. Um, and to see him and both Ro- you know, to see both him and Roquan playing at such a high level now, it's it really transforms his defense into something like really special. I think before we move on, we got to talk a little bit about the negatives. Marlon, man, he had the worst game of the whole year for him. And that's saying something because he had such so many good games back to back to back. But I like the fact that he acknowledged it in the tweet. He knows it. And I think he's going to bounce back just fine. I think he's totally allowed to have a bad game here and there. And uh, I remember him once saying in the in his Studio 44 that, Sometimes these rookies will surprise you, and the, and then you know you won't second guess him again. That was when he was younger, he you know, and then he started kind of learning from that. But I think I think he's going to have to take a a bout or two with Pickens, to figure him out. So it seems like maybe after this matchup, maybe uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll say he had a dominant game. He was able to slow down that guy. He figured out his his uh, schemes, and also it came in like one big bunch. But the Ravens missed tackling was really bad uh, for a sequence there. And in Ken's notes, in his defensive notes, he said it netted them five first downs. And I buy it because I remember there was at least three that I remember. And I could I could imagine there being two more where the missed tackle is what sprung him to get a first down. Particularly, I think there were at least two or three that maybe those are the ones I remember most fondly, so to speak, uh, that, that were on third down, you know, and it would ended the whole sequence. So something that they need to, you know, pay attention to and clean up a little bit. Right, I think the one play on that series was that was that the pass to the running back. That I think both Roquan yeah, and Hamilton, yeah, they they both missed tackles. Yeah, we were like, hey, can you get your first rounder back in there? This guy is, uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Because <laughs> he had like back to back plays that were decent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of like, I don't want to shit on him too much because like it wasn't too much. But I I know I know that like you said that like Najee is just another guy, and I just thought it was so funny that the. <laughs> He just had such a hard time running on this Ravens defense in the first half, and the the only way you get a touchdown is just by extending his long arms. <laughs> that was literally the only reason, because otherwise, like he was stopped, like there was no reason to do it. But you know, didn't get his hands, and he was able to put the ball over the line to get the touchdown. But I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, definitely a couple uh, tough things from this defense. Uh, I. I agree. I, I think that everything that Marlon's shown us this year, that game will, uh, his effort today will be an anomaly on the season. Uh, of course, it's something to monitor. I mean, that's on film. Teams are going to see that, and they might try and, and exploit that. But I, you know, Marlon, he he's an All Pro. I think he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, o- overall, really solid performance from this defense, and uh, definitely played a huge impact here in the game uh, and made the job easier for the offense. Before we continue with the show, we have a special free pick and pull with DraftKings this week. 
the winners of the Pick'em will win a total of $1,000 with $500 going to the person with the best entry. All you have to do is answer nine questions about the upcoming Browns versus Ravens game as best as you can. We're talking about who's going to cover the spread, the to- point total, and how many catches Mark Andrews will have, for example. Please share the link, which will be in the show notes, with friends and family because it's a free contest. We want as many people to have fun with this as possible, and at least 150 people need to participate for the winners to get their prizes. Like I said, the link is in the show notes and in this chapter marker that you're listening to right now, and we all hope you have fun with this contest and thank DraftKings VIP for partnering with us. It was great that this was a win, but we got to talk about at the front, uh, quarterback, another one down, Tyler Huntley, just being a little too reckless there and got a concussion. Hopefully he'll be ready to go by next game, but um, we'll see. We've seen players miss uh, – miss a following game before once they've gotten into the concussion protocol. So uh, Anthony Brown had to step in uh, darling of the preseason and didn't do much, but to his credit, you know, he did the little bit that he had to do at that time to, to get the Ravens the win. Yeah. He had one scary pass out of his five. Whereas Huntley had, I don't know how many passes, but he had one scary one too, uh, <laughs> or at least two, actually two scary ones. They were near picks and um, yeah, it was, it was not great. I think that's another uh, not Lamarism for Huntley is like, yeah, he can run, but he's not nearly as good at protecting his body. Man really sacrificed his body a couple times in this game and, and for nothing, you know, he didn't get the first down in any of them. Uh, and one time he got hurt. So pretty unfortunate for him. Hopefully it sounds like he's on the right track and he should be available, but you never know with the concussions, they can kind of come back and bite you midweek. So we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, not to, to peek into the, the preview too soon, but uh, looking at how the office was able to perform and what we're leaning on right now. I think you lose a little bit, obviously going from Huntley to, to Brown, but I don't think it's all that much. Like I, I remember in the preseason we were talking. Maybe you could trade Huntley and like use Anthony Brown as your new backup, reset the clock. And honestly, after watching it, I was like, yeah, you probably could. Like he's not as good. I'm gonna say like pretty confidently, not as good. But I don't know if he's that much worse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For, from from my watch of it, I kind of agree with that. Um, definitely agree. There are a lot of little things that. You know, maybe Huntley doesn't do that Lamar does, which are very obvious. And I think, yeah, protecting protecting your body on runs, whether or you know, escape from a pocket or whatever, Lamar's way better. Um, in terms of like stretching the ball to get the extra like yard or so on those runs, definitely Huntley. Like, just I mean, there was a few. I think you know, you like reach for one, he was still like a yard short. By the way, also don't know why Harv challenged that. I mean, I guess maybe he thought that the timeout was just kind of useless at that situation, but they yeah. ended up going for it and then continuing <laughs> to drive anyway. So it just seemed kind of a waste. They lost. But. They lost a football lane from it when they <laughs> replaced the ball. Now, I mean, it was it was yeah. categorically a terrible challenge. <laughs> yeah. It was a little weird, but you know what? Anyway, we're we're talking about Huntley here, but like, um, yeah, I mean. I don't know. Like he, he can, he can definitely like, he's a fit. I'll say this about Huntley. He's very efficient at running the offense in terms of like, he's not going to force feed certain players to getting the ball. Like, you know, Andrews, um, 
definitely good at finding whoever is open and being able to make the throws. Is he going to make every throw? No. Um, but he is going to be able to like set himself up, take what the defense gives you. It's not going to wow you. That's why you know he's never going to have, you know, I mean, I will say never, but he's probably not going to have more than like 200 yards passing a game or something. I just don't think that, that like that's the type of player that he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, then again, like Brown, like, you know, yeah, I mean, at least for this game, you know, credit to him. He did come in <laughs> in a very hostile environment and was able to, you know, execute the few plays that he did. So kudos to him. I think he won a game ball for that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of agree. They're, they're, to me, like it seems like kind of similar players, so it ma- it makes me feel good, especially with the matchup coming up with the against the Browns. Browns aren't looking too good right now. Watson's not looking good at all. Um, you know, it is a division game. You never know. We'll see what happens. The Browns are a lot like us. It could you know provide some issues, but um, if we had to go with Brown another week, I think that's okay. We just can't lose any more quarterbacks. That's the problem. Because then we go to Andrews, no, and nobody no, wants to go. There. No, Brad Hundley. Fred Hundley, he's a, he's available. <laughs> if they bring him, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Peter, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think with Huntley, we know who Huntley is, and the be- the best thing you can say about Huntley, I think, is that the guy's a Raven. He plays hard. Uh, he's going to give it his all. Uh, it certainly seems like he's got a ga- great rapper with the guys. He's a he's the backup, but he can come in and. The, he, the Ravens can win with him if everything else goes well. Um, I think he's valuable to the team in that capacity, and hopefully he'll be able to be in there for Cleveland. But, you know, I I, I agree. What we saw from Anthony Brown was it, it made you nervous that if the Steelers went down and scored, a, uh, got up ahead, would this team be able to come back and um, retake the lead? The answer, you know, what we looked at with Brown looked like probably not. But here's the thing, though: if he does have to play against Cleveland, like you guys said, that team's banged up. They're they're on their season's on life support if they haven't been eliminated from the playoffs by this point yet. Um, but at the same time, I think it's unfair for us to really say whether or not Brown looks like he could step up if he needs to or not, because that was his first NFL action. Your first NFL action, you get thrown in in a must-win game. Uh, in in uh, your team's rival city's stadium, uh, it's loud there. They got the terrible towels going, and so like, welcome to the NFL, buddy. Don't screw this up, right? <laughs> one yard line. <laughs> contrast too. that with with Huntley. <laughs> I mean, this guy. <laughs> exactly right, and you know, um, that that's tough for anyone. Uh, Huntley, to his credit, at least you know he had to step in in the playoffs, of course, but he had at least gotten the chance to get his feet wet a little bit. Uh, in the NFL, in in uh, relief at the end of blowout wins against Jacksonville and Cincinnati at the end of the year, uh, you know it's, it's small bits, really only a drive or two there, but still, you know he had, he had sniffed an NFL field before. He he'd taken live snaps. He'd be like, okay, so at, at least you're not you you jumped into the pool, you know, you adjusted to the temperature there. So again, I I agree. I would really hope that Huntley can play because we know what we have with Huntley. Brown is a, is a question mark at the moment. Um, honestly, from what we saw in the preseason, Brown might be a better passer than Huntley. Uh, but Huntley's certainly the better athlete, even if he's not, doesn't have the same scrambling ability that Lamar has. Uh, but it's just going to be whatever it's going to be. Right. Uh, and hopefully, luckily the Ravens have, uh, Dobbins and Edwards back 
And I guess we can talk about that next because both of them had themselves a great day against the Steelers defense. Uh, thanks certainly in part to uh, a offensive line that had Ronnie Stanley back, Kevin Zeitler out though, uh, but opened up some of the biggest rushing holes I feel like we've seen all year. JK, my God. This man put the team on his back. He looks so good, guys. I mean, yeah, offensive line played incredible. Um, but, I, man, it's just it's really good to see a healthy J.K. back. I mean, he had his vision. He had burst. Um, speed, maybe not 100% there yet. I think, he, you know, if he was a full speed, I think he would have outran uh, Fitzpatrick on that one run. But um, <laughs> but he ended up getting the touchdown in, like, two plays later. So it was, it was no big deal. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, he is – He's going to be a huge part over the next couple of weeks with the quarterback situation being what it is. Lean on this guy because he looks just so explosive right now. Yeah, Dobbins's first and second gear, no problemo. It's the third gear that's missing in action. But the beautiful part is he can get so many yards, like you said, Chris, just with those traits. His ability to read the holes, his balance through there, and, and power is was giving him these, you know, five-yard carries. And that's such an incredibly important thing for any offense, particularly ours, is to keep the trains on time. Them getting those kind of yards on run plays is awesome. And for them to be confident they can gain, you know, three or four yards. Like on a fourth down play, I feel like with Dobbins back and Gus hopefully getting healthier, on third and three, you're much more comfortable running the ball than you've been for years. Because these guys are just way better at it. And I just think it's cool how that, that whole drive went, man. It was 45 seconds, 48 yards, two plays, all JK. Like, <laughs> it was an amazing moment for him in the first quarter after, you know, first game back after his injury, uh, cleanup surgery. It was beautiful to see. We've been missing that. We missed that from the offense last year. We've been missing from it this year. When he's healthy, Dobbins, outside of Lamar, is, is probably the biggest playmaker on this team. And that's no disrespect to, to Mark Andrews or to uh, Rashad Bateman. It's just that's that's what that third gear is. And, and even, we see, like you're saying, when he doesn't have that yet, just his vision, his moves that he has there, his ability to, to break free uh, can flip the field. And the Ravens haven't had that in a running back uh, really since... Since Ray Rice, really, I mean, Justin Forsett could do that a little bit, but um, certainly not with the consistency or with uh, the moves that Dobbins has teased teased in his rookie year that he could do, um, particularly in in the last quarter. It's so, it desperately needed. Um, <laughs> this offense is going to need playmakers to carry it while Lamar is out and seeing Dobbins look better than he did uh, earlier in the year after that surgery, uh, incredibly, uh, just incredibly encouraging. And, and hopefully he can continue to stay healthy because he could be, again, we talked about, I talked at the front, uh, Marcus Williams being back was a huge reason the Ravens won. Uh, Dobbins being back might be the second reason <laughs> because that, that was their only touchdown of the whole game. And it was the game or the drive where he just was able to break loose. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, you look at uh, the final stats, you know, 15 carries, uh, 120 yards, averaging eight yards a carry. That's incredible. Um, even Gus Edwards um, had a pretty good game as well. I think he averaged 5.1 yards a carry. Um, you know, yeah, I th- 
it's one of those things. I, you know, I, I do think, you know, I, I do think the Steelers have had some issues um, in run defense, um, generally speaking. So, I mean, there is a little bit in terms of, like, the opponent. I, I do think that they've struggled a little bit with that. But that being said, like, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think you got to lean on them. The, the only kind of thing right now that kind of concerns me a little bit is just, you know, Mark Andrews, kind of where's he at? Um, you know, obviously, you know, he had a little bit of a, of a, what was it, the shoulder injury a couple of weeks ago. Still not sure if it kind of been recovered from that, but it just seemed like guys weren't really looking at him too much. Um, he did end up with two catches, uh, about 20-some yards, I believe. Um, you know, and I, I think those were pretty critical catches to be able to move the chains but um just hasn't been that dominant force that he was the first couple of weeks you know i i really don't know what to make of that at this point it's a little concerning just because like outside of him where's the pass game um but that being said you know some guys are continuing to step up robinson i think continues to get involved no matter who the quarterback is he caught passes from uh both uh both brown and humley i believe um, and then um, Deshaun Jackson also got involved a little bit more. It looked like they were trying to favor him and uh, more snaps this week than they had in weeks past, although I didn't watch the Denver game, so I don't know how much he played in that one. But um, but at least from two weeks ago, I think he had uh, more snaps than he did. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, the you know, I, I think the passing game is still going to have to figure out something <laughs> to be able to – uh, you know, carry this offense forward a little bit. Um, it's good to have a great run game, but in certain situations, I, I think you mentioned it earlier, Peter, of just, you know, if, if the Ravens had to come from behind and, and get a field goal at the end, I don't know if I had much confidence in just basically J.K. Dobbins and the offensive line just <laughs> being the only weapons to be able to make that happen. I think you bring up a good point about Robinson. I've been noticing, you know, he's able to move the chains a lot. He just seems to have a knack for catching the ball. And Melissa Kim from WBAL brought it up during Harps' presser this uh, today, speaking about the fact that uh, I think he has 15 in the last three games, first down conversions. And that's uh, pretty impressive given the amount of touches he's had. It means, I think, basically every time he touches the ball, <laughs> he, he makes a first down. And uh, I think... The guy does not get enough respect for the fact that he is one of our leading receivers because he got cut from the Raiders. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, like a guy who was cut from the Raiders. Like, no, they just goofed, all right? The Raiders are a bad team. Did you watch what they did you know, this week? They're just <laughs> not that good. Um, and then to your point about Mark Andrews, I think it's just super frustrating. I think the decreased quality of quarterback plays, what's to blame? Because the man was wide open uh, on the series that we ended up kicking a field goal on totally like lost in the coverage and if Huntley saw him he could have thrown the ball anywhere and it would have been completed and like there was just no one around like he could have completely adjusted and still scored a touchdown so just a huge miss uh huge miss there by Huntley and what's so frustrating about that play was it was I, I I'd have to go back and compare it to what we saw against Denver but at least the route concept that Andrews ran was the same exact thing that he did where Huntley missed him against Denver as well. And he was even more wide open against Denver. Okay. So sure. There was a safety that might've clamped down on him. He might've been short of the sticks uh, there, but like, yeah, he was wide open. They even called out on the broadcast (laughs) that Huntley just never looked his way, which was a little concerning to me because it like, you know, from my perspective, I was like, well, like that, that play looks like it's designed to go to Andrews and he didn't hit him. 
Who's last the Reed? time. <laughs> right. And then also, like, Andrews and Huntley had an excellent connection last year. I, I mean, Andrews, he played really well with Lamar, but his his monster games, aside from the Colts games, came when uh, when Huntley was in. Right. So but that's the, really the interesting Bay to game me. And, uh, right, Green one. Bay, yeah. uh, the Cincinnati game where, you know, Ravens got blown out, but Andrews, he, he had a huge game there. Um, the, the, the Cleveland game when... Uh, when Huntley had to come in, uh, you know, he, he hit Bateman a lot too, but Andrews had uh, even more catches that game. So that is really interesting uh, considering, you know, everyone else who he's throwing to, he didn't play with last year. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that's about, but I agree. It, it's not, it doesn't seem to be any de- decrease in Mark's ability to get open. Um, now again, yes, he has had a couple drops when he has been targeted that seem a little uncharacteristic i agree his shoulder injury might be um still lingering but uh yeah if if they want to go to him he's still getting open uh that just doesn't seem to be where huntley wanted to go with the ball for whatever reason um but yeah again i, I do think we need to talk about demarcus robinson um i do wish that he could be a, a bit of a deep threat for this team um we know that he has the athleticism to do it, but uh, that part of his game just hasn't been unlocked yet. Maybe they'll get be able to figure that out because this team obviously needs a deep threat going forward. But he is doing the little things extremely well. He's playing better than I thought he would uh, at, at going into the year. And, uh, you know, he, he's making a case to stick around here next year as well. Uh, he's got a rapport with the team and it's just it's interesting to see him him shine I I still think he needs to be more physical uh to really be a guy that they can count on and and step up and be like a a emergency wide receiver one like say in in the uh basically along the lines of what Kamar Aiken was in 2015 uh but you know He's he's carving out a good role for himself in this offense, and regardless of whether or not he improves on it or is just kind of maintains what he's been at this point, that's something a piece you can definitely use and can definitely have a, an impact on drives and be someone that the Ravens can can use in key situations to uh, to keep the offense going. That's a not the find that we were hoping for. Uh, in the off season at wide receiver, but certainly someone who's coming in and uh, finding a way to contribute. Yeah. I think he's definitely a great Ravens wide receiver too. Cause he, he, he blocks well too, you know, he's able yes. and willing to block. And I think, um, I think the Ravens will extend an offer and it'll really just come down to mutual interest to make sure the dollars are right. Uh, I can't imagine being particularly expensive. Might be like a vet men guy at this point. So, Really just uh, kind of an exciting find, like you said, Peter. I do think that we do also need to talk about blocking uh, in this yes. game. Uh, run blocking was incredible. We'll start with that. <laughs> and as we said at the outset, Ronnie Stanley was luckily back in this game, and he did his old old self. Uh, he was great in this game. But we uh, got to see the NFL debut. No, wait. Cut that out. Cleveland played last year against uh, in Green Bay. Never mind. But he was stepping up for this year. He was uh, on the field for the first time, first extended time. 
Uh, split time with Cologne, I believe. I saw Cologne in there a lot. Alec has the game book up to tell us exactly what the snap counts were. <laughs> but I, I hear a little bit of a chuckle there. Maybe Cleveland didn't play as much as I thought he did. But um, yeah, it, it, you know, I don't think you need to watch the the film terribly much or terribly hard to notice that the run lanes were different this week, certainly compared to last week. And it just it felt like. They, to me, they, they seem like the biggest they've been and consistently big all year. And the running backs, again, all the credit to Dobbins and Edwards, they really didn't need to work that hard to to get into the second level because the line was just doing a, such a great job of clearing out the trenches for them. Yeah, I think uh, Cologne ended up getting the start. Um, played the first series, and then Cleveland was in for a couple more series. Um, still, Alec, if you have numbers, feel free to jump in. But, but yeah, I mean, I think from what I saw, you know, Cleveland, yeah, continues i think to just be a monster in the run game um a number of really great blocks um pass protection was a little bit iffy uh i think there were a few kind of situations i felt like you didn't do a an ideal job in there i thought cologne did a little bit better um was a little bit more consistent he's just not as like physically imposing in the run game but uh you know it hey look i mean certainly for just given the situation with where the team was at like you know they needed to be able to block on a few plays, uh, keep the quarterbacks upright for the couple passes that they needed to. But otherwise, it was like, you know, you know the game plan. Like the game plan is going to be running the ball all day, and like you know, I think they delivered. Yeah, Chris, we see it the same way. Kind of had the same kind of notes on it. Basically, what I noticed is not only did you know Cologne got the start, but he also got seventy-seven percent of the snaps. And what happened was when Cleveland came in for his. 23 snaps he was or 23 percent he was in 14 snaps the guy made two or three highlight run blocks and you're like wow the guy like really dominated his man but the problem is his his pass sets like you said were not that great he let up a sack and uh i would say you could maybe even credit a second sack to him because the pocket collapsed uh i don't think he did a good handoff with moses and i didn't track it as far as like when did he like did he not get any action after that but I, I based on the time of the game and the amount of snaps i wouldn't be surprised at all if that after that second you know almost sack or whatever you want to call it it was it was a sack it was just like it wasn't on him or not that's when he got pulled because the thing with with cologne is he'll he won't dominate the same way and he won't make the same kind of highlights but he won't kill you and if we've learned anything about offensive line play and grading the reason why ben powers is grading so well like and and this is not a knock on him he's just never going to kill you like he has some good blocks for sure but like the biggest asset is that he doesn't kill you and that's uh just super valuable from line play so yeah clone kind of ran away with it but the nice news is it sounds like Zeitler's going to play next week it was a close call this week and uh there have been rumors and leaks suggesting from maybe the wife <laughs> that, uh, that he'll be he'll be ready next week and uh just to kind of wrap up that that segment stanley 100 percent snaps 100 percent all pro like the guy i think won't win it because it's a tackle and no one talks about tackles but is clearly the comeback player of the year in my opinion uh and he will be the ravens comeback player of the year without a doubt another guy i wanted to give a kind of a quick shout out to um morgan moses i thought played pretty well against uh tj watt um i think watt only ended up with one sack on the day which to be honest i I thought was more of kind of like a coverage sack it was just uh you know it was kind of inconsequential i think in the grand scheme of things but you know from a guy who's continually kind of wrecked 
uh, the offensive line uh, as he's been here for a lot of offensive lines for that matter. I thought he played pretty well against him. I don't know if that's something that uh, stood out to you guys or not, but um, you know, definitely. I, like I said, I think Watts had some pretty big games against us in the past, and I, I thought he was kind of a non-factor in this game. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, both quarterbacks only got sacked once apiece. Um, and we talked about that, <laughs> unfortunately, some of that, at least one of that was due to, like we said, uh, backups in there at the right guard position. If Seitler was in there, maybe you only have one. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that was a really good uh, thing to point out because Moses, he's been excellent in the run game this year. At times, he has struggled in pass protection. But yeah, I didn't watch it as closely as it, it sounds like you did. But I do did notice that um, when I did focus in on Moses, it looked like he was doing a pretty good job in pass protection, had his sets good. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think he did play very well. Um, as we talked about with Steve, TJ Watt is still uh, getting his um, his conditioning back from that injury, but it's not like he's the only guy they have. I mean, we're talking about Alec Highsmith. I don't think I heard his name uh, no. at all at the game. Uh, they terrible. kept him in check. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who would have, who would have thought that uh, Chris Wormley would have more sacks in this game than Alec Highsmith? I don't think we would have put the odds too great on on that. I tell you what, man, he seems <laughs> to play well. He seems to actually step up his game when he plays the Ravens. I got to be honest. He does, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he absolutely uh, yeah. does. Sure. <laughs> he has to that. hate us, man. <laughs> like being traded in division is just so so insulting, well, especially that big arrivals too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. That was it. Was only they're only trading him with half a sack yesterday, but that was still his only only sack on the year and that's the first sack that he's had in the nfl uh <laughs> man he does really hate baltimore since <laughs> since the last time that he was on the field against baltimore last year dude so this guy so this guy's last the last uh three career sack, sorry the last five career sacks he's had four of them have been against the ravens yeah <laughs> one of them there's one against tennessee and that's been but for a guy who's had eight sacks over the past two years, half of them been against the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, never mind. Okay, so the odds were actually a lot better on that than I than I thought. I hadn't <laughs> God. Okay. It's funny. Props Chris Wormley. <laughs> well, maybe Chris Wormley was their MVP. But we want to talk about ours? Wait, we got wait, we're not done. We're not done, man. We gotta we gotta talk about that fourth down play. Oh, you're right. It's two two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, you know, for all the um, valid criticism that Greg Roman gets, and some invalid, some of it's too much, but look, there's a lot of it that is that is valid with this offense. Um, the past few weeks, the calls on fourth down have been really effective, and uh, I, I think that we've seen a lot of creativity in that aspect, and, and this time was no different, and... Once again, um, you know, what What did the Ravens do? It, it was kind of that fake end around to Duvernay, right? Fake jet sweep to him, but instead Gus took the ball, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Correct. And, and that worked. <laughs> you know, uh, I think we definitely need to give credit to that on this offense, you know, for all the things that are that this group is having trouble with uh, something that's very hard to do fourth down conversion, something that was very uh, key to the 2019 Ravens offense success is, is something that we're seeing this unit do uh, really well right now in the second half of the year. And 
that's that's key. That's going to be something that's important, and hopefully they can continue to have wrinkles on those formations that will continue to keep defenses uh, off base because they're, it's been it's been big in the wins uh, as of late. You know, it's funny when you were bringing up that call. I'm pretty sure that fake sweep to Duvernay to Gus, that was the same call which got the third down, which iced the game, right? We were third and three, and I think they just had to get that first down to be able to close out the game. I think it was the same exact. I, I just I just watched it, actually. It's yeah, the same. No, it, they used it three, at yeah. least twice because it yeah. was the Dobbins yeah. play as well, Dobbins scoring right, play. Right. And uh, it was the third down icing play. And, uh, yeah, the only thing that kind of went bad on fourth down was that fumble. Like, uh, it was just like a bad snap, never got. Uh, also in Cleveland. Yeah, that yeah, was also bumped, on Cleveland. It bumped, it bumped yeah. into Cleveland, so like it was funny. Uh, Harb said he had a game-winning play because he was able to get that fumble from uh, J.K. And uh, it's funny, like <laughs> we come up with a lot of things that he did wrong in the game, but he had a game-winning play. <laughs> Hopefully, it keeps him out of the doghouse. You know, I would love to see the guy develop because it just seems like he has so many traits, but he does make a couple uh, not so great plays here and there. But yeah, Giro, honestly, man, he called a great game. Like, I think he was pretty disciplined. I only said, what are you doing once? And that was on the last drive, they threw that pass and almost got intercepted. And I was like, my God, the run game is working so well. The whole point of this drive is to, like, kill clock. Do not pass the ball unless you have to. Like, make them stop you. And they can't do it. Like, that's the most beautiful thing. Like, I don't think there's anything more gratifying. It might honestly be more gratifying than, like, elite defense, but hard to say. I think they're kind of similar because of the way, the nature of it. But nothing's better than, like, you know that I know that you know we're going to run the ball. You're not going to stop it. (laughs) Like, we're still going to get five yards. And, yeah, you might stop the the second down play, but we're going to run it again. We're going to get the third, uh, the first down conversion. Like, nothing is more gratifying than just extending drives, killing clock, and running the ball down their throats for a score to ice a game. And the Ravens were able to pull that off in the fourth quarter. Huge. I'm looking back at the game log. I don't know if that play I'm referencing was a fourth down play. Am I crazy? Or the the call the the call was a third down play with Gus Edwards, and it was a second down or first down play with J.K. Dobbins for sure. Okay. Those were those two did. Yeah, happen. no, it was. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Um, I <laughs> yeah. thought it was a fourth down play. So you, well, it was a. That, um, it it, was it a, kind of felt like a fourth down play because it was like yeah. if they don't convert this, they're gonna have to punt right. it, and like it was a huge yeah. leverage play. It it was a key conversion late, yeah. and yeah, it, it's short yardage. I think we can extend the discussion to to you know, could their third down conversion rate be better? Absolutely. Um, I think they were four for 13 in this game, but when it's coming down to short yardage, uh, the team, it, it, it's, they have a lot of stuff that's working there. And while their passing game might be predictable, I, I think that they're throwing wrinkles there that are keeping the defense guessing. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a part of the offense that is working really well right now, right now. Yeah. Four of 13 on third down, but th- those four that they did convert, they were impressive. I'm surprised it was four of 13. Kind of like, I was too. We're looking at that. It felt like they did a better job that watching the game in real time than that. But yeah, that four of thirteen on third down efficiency. This game one for two on fourth down. I guess they never got the third down in some of the drives they did best in. Like that. That's the only probably. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was. I mean, there there was a, there was a was a fourth and one. It was a Huntley QB sneak. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was the other one, which is the failed. That was the fumble. So. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, they, they definitely there were some there were some good calls on the the key third and fourth downs. But I mean, yeah, again, like from what we're talking about, we were on a second quarterback. We ended up going on third quarterback. Like your options are limited at that point. So you know, four for thirteen, like just I don't know, take it with a grain of salt. Like it's not the be all end all. Um, you know, I do think you know we need. You know, we talked earlier about just like you know, can this offense and can this team basically can this offensive defense play deep into january right and and play out football and like you know i think it's like yes with the star but like you know i think it would be extremely unlikely for this team with huntley and or brown playing significant snaps like into the playoffs i think you need lamar there right lamar opens up Mm. so many more things with this offense that with an already limited offense, which I'm sure anybody would agree, like we're not as dynamic in terms of like the passing game. It is limited. It is more limited. But there are benefits in having that. Of like you said, Alec, of like if you know that we know that you know that we're gonna just run it down your throats, like that opens up a lot of things that other teams can't lean on, right? But in in the event that doesn't work, you need a dynamic player like Lamar to be able to, you know, do some other things to be able to get your team back on track and you know, we'll just have to see the next couple of weeks. I think, you know, given the schedule, given the opponents that we've got, I think there are some really favorable matchups. But, you know, fingers crossed, man. Hopefully he comes back healthy and, you know, Huntley's able to come back healthy for the uh, next couple of weeks and continue to ride this out. Well, now we can do the MVPs, right? <laughs> I'll go last because I got, I got three guys that could get it. And I think you guys are, are definitely going to take uh, two of them. So I feel the same way. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's Chris, see. do you want to go then? Yeah, I want to go. JK. Beautiful. Yeah, was, we we mentioned everything, man. It was so great to see him. He looked the healthiest he's been all year. Oh, my God. It's so good to have a great running game, running game again. I can't wait to see the photo of him celebrating his touchdown with everybody. I want to uh, go scroll through the, the photos of the game to see that. I'm going to give mine to the man, the myth, the six-foot-eight legend, Clayus Campbell. Just, he's been showing up everywhere. He blocked the kick. That kick would have won the game for them in theory. Yo, well done. All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna say my whole list. You guys had two of the guys I had on there, uh, and then of course I don't think it should come to any surprise that uh, the last guy I had on the list was uh, Marcus Williams back again. Uh, got an interception again. Uh, had, was there in coverage several times stop some of those Pickens plays from being bigger than they ended up being. Uh, definitely looking like he's going to end up being one of the best free agent signings in Ravens history and just adds a dimension to this defense that has been sorely lacking with the exception of that one year of, of Earl Thomas uh, for since Ed Reed. I knew you were going to pick him, so I was like, I'll take a lance. <laughs> also, I wanted to put that six-foot-eight thing in. It's just incredible. The guy's so uh, such a beast. Such a beast. Mount Campbell, as I had it in the notes. Mount Campbell. Well, that wraps it up for One Winning Pod. You can follow us on Twitter and YouTube where we're posting exclusive content like our NFL Bets Against the Spread and Ravens History Corner. So make sure to subscribe to that for all that fun content. And we'll be back later in the week to discuss the Cleveland Brownies. We'll be playing in their stadium this time. And if the Ravens win it, I believe they lock up uh, the playoffs and will be close to locking up the division on what happens with uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and it would almost definitely kill the hopes and dreams of playoff run for 
the Browns. So very pivotal game. We'll see you later in the week.